0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, a weekly podcast that takes a look at popular songs of the past and dives into their history, their meaning, or any other things that might be of interest surrounding those songs. My name is Claude Caldwell, and that's the way that goes, boss. I know only a couple of people are going to get that one. Hey, if you want to get in touch with me, probably the best way is to find me on Twitter at HowGoodItIsPod or you can leave a comment on the website, HowGoodItIs.com. Where you can find some additional trivia, some follow-ups, and maybe some other stuff that I found interesting. And don't forget to check out and follow the show's Facebook page, which really seems to be where the action is. It's over at Facebook.com/slashout. How good it is, pod. Okay, I hope those of you in the U.S. had a uh, good Thanksgiving holiday. I've got to reopen the podcast studio, so let's take care of that. dark and cold down here. Michael Jackson's 1982 album, Thriller, only took about a year to become the biggest selling album in the world. That's a record that holds to this day, with about 66 million copies sold. The album has nine tracks on it, and seven of them became top ten singles. The album was nothing short of a phenomenon at the time, and if you weren't a Michael Jackson fan then, well, there was just no escaping it, because he was absolutely everywhere. He broke the color barrier on MTV, he got to meet with President Ronald Reagan, and of course. Okay, there are those unfortunate duets with Paul McCartney. What's more, there are a variety of musical styles on the album that allowed him to cross genres, which meant that you would hear The Girl Is Mine on the adult-oriented stations, Billie Jean would be on the pop stations, and Beat It was on the rock stations because Steve Lukather from Toto plays the rhythm guitar while Eddie Van Halen is playing the solo. And the whole album was done on a budget of $750,000. So where did this whole thing come from? I'm so glad you asked. After his 1979 album, Off the Wall, was a big success, Jackson found that he still wasn't getting the respect he thought he deserved. And this led to a period of depression and withdrawal for the star, but it also led to a sense of resolve that his next album would be even bigger, where every song would be what he called a killer. Jackson reunited with Quincy Jones to produce that album, and together they worked on about 30 different songs, nine of which finally made it to the album. Of those nine, three of them were written by the late great Rod Temperton. Temperton was a member of the funk and disco band Heatwave, and he was the guy responsible for writing all of their charting hits, including Always and Forever, Boogie Nights, and this one, Groove Line. After he left that band, Temperton decided to concentrate on his songwriting, and by that time he'd caught the attention of Quincy Jones, who recruited him to write for the Off The Wall album. Temperton wrote three songs for that album, including the title cut, another song titled Burn This Disco Out, and this track, Rock With You. Now, Jackson and Jones liked Temperton's work enough that they tapped him to write for Jackson's next album. And once again, three of his songs were among the nine that made it to the album. Oddly enough, two of them were the only ones that weren't released as singles. Baby Be Mine and the album closer, The Lady in My Life. But the third one, ah, there's the biggie. Temperton drew some inspiration from this 1980 Jackson's hit called This Place Hotel. It was originally titled Heartbreak Hotel, but there was confusion with the Elvis Presley song, and it's definitely not a cover of that tune. I'll tell you what though, the other song that Thriller reminds me of is uh, that Rick James song, Give It To Me Baby, specifically that bass line. Early titles for the song include A Starlight, Starlight Sun, and Give Me Some Starlight. Clearly, Temperton had a theme going on there. The title was changed to Thriller after Jackson said to Temperton he wanted something that would appeal to kids. Okay. Uh, Temperton said, quote, originally when I did my thriller demo, I called it Starlight. Quincy said to me, you know, you managed to come up with a title for the last album. See what you can do for this album. And I said, oh, great. So I went back to the hotel, wrote two or three hundred titles and came up with the title Midnight Man. The next morning I woke up and I just said this word. Something in my head just said, this is the title. You could visualize it on the top of the billboard charts. You could see the merchandising for this one word, how it jumped off the page as thriller. Now, while still titled Starlight, the song's hook lyrics were give me some starlight, starlight sun. But of course, after the song was changed to thriller, the hook was rewritten. Temperton also said that he'd always pictured a talking section near the end of the song, but he didn't really know what to do with it until he was struck with the idea of getting somebody who was not only famous, but well-known in the horror movie industry to do the vocal. As it happened, Quincy Jones' wife knew Vincent Price and suggested he do it, and Price agreed to do the recording. That was the good news. The bad news was that Temperton didn't have a script for Price to read. He actually wrote it in the taxi on the way to the recording session. Price managed to get it down in two takes. Now, I found some raw audio of the recording session, and I'm not going to play the entire thing, but I want you to listen very carefully. You can actually hear the music track bleeding out of Price's headphones. Okay. Anytime. Test roll. Hi, this is Michael Jackson. And this is Vincent Price inviting you to The thriller. thriller. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. By the the way, did you did you you notice that Jackson got Vincent Price to use the word yalls? How fantastic is that? Let's jump ahead to near the end. Into your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Can you dig it? <laughs> It's great fun (laughs) It's great tango Cut Okay All right Now there are a few different versions of the song. There is the full version, which appears on the album. There's a slightly shorter version that was used for radio. And then there's the seven inch vinyl single, which is nearly two minutes shorter because it doesn't have the Vincent Price rap at all. That's because there was a disagreement over the royalties on the record. But so far as I know, there isn't a version out there that uses that can you dig it bit that he does there. And in my opinion, the track is better off for it. And of course, there's a 12 minute version that was used for the video. Now the video itself was also a pretty big phenomenon. It was remarkably different from the other videos that were airing at the time, not just because of its length, but also the fact that it had dialogue and a definite plotline and it had multiple twists in the storyline besides. It was the first time that a mini-movie had been made to sell a song, and then the movie cut down to make the video that would air more frequently on MTV and other outlets. Jackson had seen the film American Werewolf in London and he was impressed by the way it looked. So he asked John Landis to direct, and he got Rick Baker, who did the werewolf makeup for American Werewolf, to do the special zombie makeup effects for his video. He got Elmer Bernstein, who is also a pretty big deal composer, to do some of the incidental music for the uh, Thriller video. We basically got a lot of big names here. The video cost about $500,000 to make. Now remember, the whole album cost $750,000, so this is a big deal video. Columbia Records had no intention of paying for anything because the album sales were starting to drop at that point, and they'd already financed two videos. Jackson was interested enough that he offered to pay for the video himself, but ultimately, a deal was struck between Showtime and MTV to cover the costs. Showtime got to air the video before anybody else and they got a making of documentary out of the deal And MTV got exclusive broadcast rights once Showtime's air window had ended and because MTV's policy was not to pay for videos They justified it by writing off the cost as part of the cost of the documentary wink wink One of the toughest parts of making the video turned out to be editing the song into a 12-minute version So there'd be music for the zombies to dance to but the problem was Quincy Jones wouldn't release the master tapes. So John Landis said he and Michael Jackson went to the recording studio at 3 in the morning. They walked right past the security guard. "How you doing, Michael?" "Hi, how you doing?" They grabbed the tracks. They put them in a big suitcase and then they walked out with them. They ran the tapes across town. They made copies and they put them back in the studio. Can you dig it? <laughs> and that's it for this edition of how good it is hey if you want to get in touch with me you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow me on twitter at howgooditispod or you can check out and follow the show's facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod And finally, you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com. Next time around, we're going to discover how good it is when someone lights your fire. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you then.